important for me to look at where are they at on that spectrum how is their window of tolerance uh, in terms of their nervous system do they get stuck in hyper arousal a lot in sympathetic mode or do they get stuck in hypo arousal a lot or maybe in both you know depending on what Hi, welcome to episode three of One Question Wednesday. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. In this episode, I talk with Connie Basalski, also known as breathwork.alchemy on Instagram. Connie goes into a very thorough uh, explanation of the different branches of our autonomic nervous system and how breathwork can work with these different systems to help improve safety and overall health and just some of the different protocols that she uses when clients come to her working with trauma. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, part hey, two. Here we go. <laughs> we got it this time. Uh, All right, it. so welcome to episode three of One Question Wednesday, the podcast where we just only ask one question. So today our guest is the wonderful Connie Busalski. She's a breathwork facilitator, coach, writer, blogger, and a <laughs> friend of mine. We met during the neurodynamic facilitator training we and sure did. Uh, someone that I've been following um, with a lot of interest and, um, you know, as a, as a mentor and peer in the breathwork space. So welcome, Connie. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Super cool. Yeah. Happy to be here. <laughs> so our one question this week is uh, about uh, trauma. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the uh, work that you've been doing post-program is just working with the nervous system and working with trauma. And it's something that's super fascinating to me as well. So um, the question is, what kind of breathing practices or protocols would you um, give to somebody that comes to you um, that's brand new to breath work um, mm. that tells you like, hey, I have uh, trauma in my past? And would it be different if it was somebody that was talking about like childhood trauma versus, you know, trauma with a big T, like a mm. car crash or sexual assault or something? You know, very mm. drastic. Mm. Yeah, wonderful questions. Thank you. So I think, <clears throat> I mean, at first, you know, when I work with clients, the first step is always to check out their breathing pattern, how they're breathing, you know, um, uh, mainly really looking at how they're breathing at rest. Um, and then going from there, and at this point, it doesn't matter that much, maybe what sort of history they have, what sort of trauma they might have experienced in their lives. And um, and then from there, usually, though, people who have experienced any sort of trauma that's still stuck in their bodies that hasn't really been processed yet. Um, and for me, trauma is a really sort of, yeah, it's a wide concept. Like, I think a lot of us, when we hear trauma, we usually think of like a shock trauma, um, mm -hmm. like abuse or, you know, a, a massive accident or, you know, a, a death or something. So um, I look at trauma as something that's very multidimensional and, you know, yes, it can be definitely shock trauma, but then there's also uh, developmental trauma and uh, attachment injuries um, that we experience in childhood um, with our caregivers and then caretakers. 
And then we have, you know, birth trauma, uh, prenatal trauma when we're still in the womb, um, and ancestral trauma. And so there's, <laughs> it's, there's a big variety of different ways that we can hold and store stress energies and trauma energies uh, in our bodies and have yeah, blocked emotions in our physiology, in our nervous system. And so, um, and that shows in our breathing pattern. And so a lot of times when people have experienced trauma, um, they might uh, have a bit of a um, bit of a dysfunctional breathing pattern in terms of maybe they're breathing quite fast. Uh, they have a high um, res- respiration rate or uh, they're breathing, you know, with their upper chest a lot. Um, and uh, maybe they're breathing through their mouth a lot or have very irregular breathing, maybe like a lot of sighing, a lot of yawning, you know, things of that nature. Um, doesn't have to tick all the boxes, uh, but it can be any of those. Um, and then, you know, I, there's a, a breathing test that we can do. It's called the BOLD score, uh, body oxygen level test, or also called the control pause test. Um, and that sort of also gives us an idea of where our clients are at in terms of their breathing. Um, and usually people have experienced trauma, the, the bolt score, the control pause is usually quite low. Um, and by low, I mean below 20 seconds or in severe cases, uh, below 10 seconds. Uh, I've had clients below 10 seconds. Um, and, or, you know, we can also use something like uh, heart rate variability um, and measure that and sort of get an idea of what's the state of the nervous system. And, and I guess, yeah, with bolt score or the control pause, you know, or HRV, they're very representative, not just of their breathing pattern, but their overall state of their nervous system. And that's kind of what I look at as well is how is their nervous system? And that's where things like the polyvagal theory comes in for me. Um, you know, there's not, for me, there's not just the sympathetic branch of the nervous system or the parasympathetic part of the nervous system. Um, yes, we have a sympathetic, but then there's kind of two branches uh, of the parasympathetic part of the nervous system, uh, the uh, ventral vagal state and the dorsal vagal state. And those are very, um, you know, the dorsal vagal state more, especially people who've experienced trauma, they might, you know, be stuck in dorsal, meaning in shutdown mode, withdrawal, maybe, you know, they're dealing with depression and a lot of numbness in their body. Um, so they might have quite uh, a shallow breathing maybe going on. They might, you might not even see that they're breathing a whole lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we might falsely believe that maybe, you know, they have a healthy breathing pattern. Um, And I had this recently too. Um, And then a lot of other people who've experienced trauma, they might be stuck in sympathetic mode. So they're more dealing with anxiety, uh, panic attacks, um, things of that nature. Um, And so that's really important for me to look at. Where are they at on that spectrum? How is their window of tolerance uh, in terms of their nervous system, do they get stuck in hyper arousal a lot in sympathetic mode, or do they get stuck in hypo arousal a lot, or maybe in both, you know, depending on what happens in their lives. And so those are all sorts of factors that I look at and that I, you know, sort of talk about with my clients uh, or students, um, because that tells me a lot about how they might respond to certain breathing techniques and breathing methods. Um, but generally, we could say that that's how I uh, do it anyway with clients is that the first step is to get people to feel safe in their body and to get them back into their body. Because a lot of times with trauma, 
right? We dissociate. Um, we sort of <laughs> uh, live from the neck up a lot. Um, we don't feel very safe in our bodies. Um, we're not very grounded. Um, we struggle to be in the present moment with, you know, with our bodies and with our uh, our senses. And so that's kind of one of the first things that I do is to just get people acquainted again with um, their body and their senses. And then from there, I take it real easy you know, depending on their bold score, depending on their trauma history, I then slowly guide them into, you know, just to see how do they react to breath hunger, uh, to air hunger, for example, right? Like um, if I tell them to, let's say, hold their breath for five seconds after an exhale, are they okay with that? Or do I maybe even need to decrease that to three seconds, you know? Because um, some people who have, you know, deal with anxiety a lot or, or panic attacks, um, they, they're, they're sort of uh, their threshold in terms of um, feeling air hunger is, is very limited. So I have to be quite careful um, with that and then slowly see if I can increase the number of seconds that they can hold their breath. Um, and depending on how they how they um, react to the breath holds, the small little breath holds, um, I either just stick to that um, for a while and have them do that as a daily practice of so small little breath holds, you know, for 10 minutes or so, or even just five minutes to get them started and then maybe do that several times a day. So especially for people who have a bold score of less than 10 seconds, like you got to be really careful to, um, yeah, in terms of air hunger and be really gentle and sort of ease them in. And then, you know, once they're above 10 or 15, um, it makes sense to introduce light breathing. So where you're kind of decreasing the, the, the volume of breathing, uh, the respiratory rate, you bring that one down to, you know, five, six, seven uh, breaths per minute to just kind of see how comfortable they are. And I think that's one of the number one um, guidelines um, are, is really to just take it step by step. I think what I see a lot among breath workers is that they go too fast with people. Uh, they give them, too much too soon um and i think it's important you know as you know and that's i like working you know one-on-one -on -one or in small groups um so i can you know really check in with people you know how was this for you how did this feel um and and really get direct feedback and so i can adjust um their uh their their home practice and so so that's you know that's all about their home practice um and then if they're more stuck in dorsal, for example, so they're more in shutdown, they're, they're dealing more with depression, that sort of stuff. Sometimes they, they need a bit of a kick. They need to get activated a little bit more. And so sometimes it's a good idea to then give them a bit of a more of an activating breath, maybe like in through the nose, out the mouth, kind of like a uh, connected breath, or maybe even in and out the, the mouth, you know, just for a few minutes and then get them into like a nice coherence breathing light breathing to just kind of balance out the nervous system again. Um, so I find that that's why, you know, in terms of the polyvagal theory, I think it's really important to look at people from that perspective and through that lens, especially when they've experienced trauma. Um, and the other thing is with, let's say the, you know, the dynamic breath work that we also teach you and I, and uh, you know, um, in our case, it's called neurodynamic. You can call it transformational breath work. There's all sorts of different names for it. Um, that's something that I would, um, you know, especially people with low bold scores, um, and especially also people who I know, um, are struggling with PTSD, um, who experienced, 
uh, a big shock trauma in their lives and are still sort of working through that and maybe they still have flashbacks and whatnot. Um, for those people, I, I'd usually have them discuss it with a therapist first or psychologist um, to see if breathwork is the right mod uh, modality for them. Um, usually we want people to be um, already in a more balanced sort of state where they have a good support network as well. They're working with a therapist um, and that there is a certain uh, groundedness um, maybe already in their being before diving into like a full-on 60-minute dynamic breathwork, breathing in and out through the, through the mouth. Um, so just, yeah, being careful uh, in the screening process when it comes to um, those sorts of sessions. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's basically roughly how I go about <laughs> um, these kinds of uh, people. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, we all experience trauma in one way or another, right? Mm -hmm. Or some sort of attachment injury um, where we ended up with a dysregulated nervous system. And so, and, and some of us, we might not have had experienced trauma per se, but we still have a dysregulated nervous system and we have a unhealthy breathing pattern. And so in the end, it doesn't really matter what the story is, right? Like I look at the breathing pattern I look at um, their nervous system. Um, I take the polyvagal lens and um, I might do, yeah, the, the bold score or, or have a measure the HRV. And from there I can tell <laughs> pretty well, like how, you know, where the nervous system is at in their breathing and, and then sort of adjust from there. So uh, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> that's such a great, you know, thorough answer. And mm. I love that, <clears throat> I love that you're using um, science. You have you have tools to you know measure the physiology, of, mm -hmm. right? There's there's so much in the breathwork community that's like kind of on the woo woo side, and yeah. there's a there's a time and a place for that I think. But like yeah. you know I, what I hear you saying is like, hey, we have these tests. We know about the the science um, of the nervous system, and you're mm. able to. Um, it sounds like really take your clients on a journey. Um, from where they're at to a much more expansive uh, state through, mm -hmm. um, you know, through, through this lens of polyvagal and, and the nervous system mm -hmm. and keeping them safe the whole time. Like, um, mm -hmm. I, I, I listened to your recent podcast with uh, Johnny Miller on one mm. of our other, uh, yeah. you know, classmates. And you were talking, yeah. I, I think the way you were describing it was kind of like a, almost like a ladder, right? Like, uh, going from that shutdown state mm -hmm. into like the sympathetic state where you're a little bit more open, you're not so shut down. Um, and then into, you know, this mm -hmm. ventral vagal, uh, expansive safety um, mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of feeling. So it's, it's great that you can take them through that in a way that's safe so that they can, you know, experience like, Whoa, okay, wow. There's, yeah, uh, so, there's so much more safety here. And Ooh. for me, with my own experience of trauma, that's, that's, that was like, the, the key for me was like, Oh, wow, I don't feel safe right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, coming back to that place of safety, where I feel so much more expansive, mm -hmm. I can breathe so much easier. Um, I feel comfortable sitting down and, and breathing for an hour, you know, doing mm -hmm. the more expansive breath work that we've you know, practiced. Um, it's just, it's, a, it's such a wonderful feeling. Totally. And, and I think also, you know, what I like to do 
Um, and that's usually always kind of the plan that I follow uh, when I do one-on-one -on -one coachings or also currently in my group coaching program is that, you know, the first four or five sessions are all, well, yeah, the first four sessions really are all about, you know, establishing a good foundation, a good breathing foundation. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we all have the tools to ground ourselves down again. Um, and then from there, you know, uh, I, I then take them into a deep dive sort of dynamic breathwork session. Um, and, uh, and that to me feels, feels really aligned sort of, um, and, and the other thing that you just mentioned about the polyvagal theory and kind of the ladder is, you know, when we look at someone who's stuck in dorsal, right at the bottom of the ladder, uh, being in shutdown, depression, you know, um, that sort of state, it's, or yeah, immobilized state sort of, um, where we really need to first get up into a sympathetic state before we can then move into a ventral state. And, um, and so I can't, if I just give them, you know, let's say someone who struggles with shutdown, depression, um, if I just tell them to do coherence breathing or four in, uh, four in six out and with light breathing and diaphragmatic breathing, um, they get really, really, really tired and um, really quickly. And that's not what they might want in the mornings, especially um, because what they actually need is to really get going first right so you want to possibly give them a more activating breath first um and then maybe a little breath hold after and then kind of level them off with a nice balancing uh breathing technique so yeah it's really about sort of um kind of being able to you know as a breath worker i think to to learn how to sequence a practice depending on someone's uh nervous system state um, and so that's also why it's so hard sometimes, you know, I mean, I do Instagram live sessions and, and uh, you know, I, you know, I was doing them on, on Instagram every Monday for, for a few months and I'm taking a break now. But it's like, on the one hand, I want to give a, a group of people an experience. And on the other hand, I know that there is no one size fits all solution. There is no one yeah. size fits all breathing technique that works for everybody and for all the different nervous system states and, and trauma histories and whatnot. And so finding that balance, right, I think is, is really important. And, and sometimes I see, you know, some, some people on, on Instagram or YouTube just who, you know, doing things. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure uh, this is the, you know, the right place to, to guide people into, into these intense experiences without screening them. And so, um, I'm, I'm definitely more, um, I like to, to root my work and, and, and how I guide people in, in a safe container, um, without having, you know, thinking I need to blow their minds or something, you know, um, I'm also not a proponent very much of the Wim Hof method. I think that it's, um, it's something that might feel really good for a little while. Um, but there's physiological reasons and also based on our nervous system and, and trauma history, um, that it might not be uh, the right breathing technique for probably most people out there, actually, until you get to a place where you have a really good breathing foundation. And then it doesn't really matter. You know, if you have a bolt score of 30 plus, then, you know, knock yourself out if that's what you still need. But you probably don't because now you have such a nice balanced nervous system that you don't need to, you know, sort of blow your mind uh, all the time and, or <laughs> blow, blow your nervous system or, you, you know, so, yeah. So that's often the danger I find with people who've experienced trauma is that 
they're, they're sometimes very attracted to stuff like Wim Hof or, you know, like, I don't know, the really intense breathwork modalities. Um, because sometimes when we've experienced trauma and, and there's big parts in our bodies or small parts in our bodies that are that feel quite numb, we might then, um, you know, be attracted to modalities and practices that are quite intense so that we can feel ourselves, right? So that we can... Mm feel alive so that we can feel these big emotions because maybe in other areas of our lives we struggle to do that um or yeah or the type a overachiever personalities you know um who are attracted to you know more intensity um and so i i think that there's something we we as a collective as, as a breath worker breath work teacher and coach collective we need to be uh, more sensitive mm. Awesome. Yeah, I like I like what you said about like gaining different resources, um, you know, for breathing. And that really resonates with me as well. You know, like, it sounds like you're working with your clients to give them a lot of awareness of mm -hmm. where they're at right now, and then yeah. give them different resources to work with depending on where they're at in the moment or where they find themselves at different points during the day or as their practice develops, you know, you have these different breathing mm. resources. Okay, you're, you're, you know, feeling kind of down and stuck today. Like, here's, here's what you can do to bring that up. Now mm. you're, you know, okay, you're in your, you know, sympathetic, maybe you're feeling kind of anxious, or you want to get away from this. This is a different resource that you can use. Totally. Yeah. And I think the first step really is to reconnect to our bodies to build uh, autonomic awareness, uh, an awareness for these different nervous system states, um, and to learn that, and then from there, uh, know, you know, as a practitioner of, of breath work, then know, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now, this is where my nervous system is at right now, you know, this could be a good technique. And, and, and so, yeah, I think as breath workers, as, as teachers, it's our, or facilitators, it's, it's, it's our job to equip people with that, um, with that knowledge and, and those skills. It's really a skill uh, that we've unlearned and that we need to relearn again. And, um, and so, cause we need to, you know, we need to look at the breath as our, the remote control for our nervous system. And with that, you know, there's so much power in, in using our breath. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. And I think, um, a lot of people take that responsibility very lightly and but I think we need to take it a bit more seriously because um, we can directly influence our nervous system you know every time we change our breath and so um, with that we can have a big effect and it can be you know uh, on the beneficial side or on the not so beneficial side and so understanding how the breath works understanding how our nervous system works and I think it's so essential for any human being, really. And um, I'm really passionate about um, studying the breath and studying the nervous system, studying our physiology, and then also sharing, um, you know, sharing what I've learned with the world, because I think it's just so foundational to living a human life, sort of. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing what you've learned with the world and, you know, for doing mm -hmm. what you're doing. It sounds like thank you're doing you. a great job. So I want to stick to our format. I feel like we could talk for a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really we're just getting started, your... Jonathan. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, maybe um, I so... should interview you next time. Yeah, we should maybe just turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that because there's so much within you, so much 
wisdom and, and knowledge and, and experience that yeah yeah so oh, anyway yeah. thank you so yeah. uh where where should people uh, check you out if they want to learn more or they want to work with you yeah so you know here on instagram pretty active on breathwork.alchemy and then can dm me uh in time uh i'm currently taking a little break for a few weeks or a month uh off of my um the weekly Instagram breathwork sessions, but I'll be back. I just had my last one on Monday, but there's a whole archive full of uh, IGTV breathwork session videos. I usually do a little intro talk and then we breathe. It's always a bit different. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of fun. And um, we're actually about to yeah kick off our the teacher training uh, next month. So if there's any Germans around um, who want to dive deep for six months then um we might still have a spot or so available but we're, we're pretty pretty booked out actually um other than that yeah just just having fun really uh sharing breathwork here on instagram and my weekly or not weekly actually it's more like a monthly newsletter by now but yeah i do send it out <laughs> awesome yeah. well thank you so much for being a guest on one question wednesday it was a pleasure thank having you. you thank and you so much. we'll definitely have to do it again Sweet. Yeah, no, this was fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Connie. Yeah, good to right. see you and connect with yeah. you again. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed episode three of One Question Wednesday. If you have any questions about breath work, breath coaching, um, anything in this episode just sparked your curiosity, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Blue Magic Alchemy. I currently do group as well as individual breathwork sessions and also have a breath coaching program. Stay tuned for more episodes. I'm uploading them as uh, I recuperate from my shoulder surgery. So a couple episodes every day. Take care.